Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the blessing and gift of this Ash Wednesday, a day in which we are given this amazing opportunity to pause, to breathe, and to contemplate, Lord God, where it is we've gone astray, where it is we've fallen short of your call in our lives, where it is that we have wronged others. Lord, and to seek reconciliation, to repent, to turn away from those ways, and to seek new life in you. Lord God, you are God of resurrection, and so we pray for transformation and new life to spring out from our confession of the death that we have sown. And Lord, speak to us today. Speak and open our minds that we might have understanding of where we can grow and where we can develop and where we can be changed. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please be seated. Good afternoon. It's so nice to see you all today. Uh, We in the rectory have an alarm system uh, in the house. I'm not exactly sure when it was installed. I think maybe sometime in the 80s. I think it, I'm not sure what the circumstances were for what caused the installation of it. It might have been when the rector and his wife woke up in the middle of the night and there was somebody in their room. Uh, That could have been it. I'm not sure. I'm just kind of guessing that might be... Um, That might be what triggered that installation. And alarms can be really useful, right? If they work, work, absolutely. Uh, They can give you warning when a person enters your home or something happens. Ours is tied into our smoke detector too, which can be helpful as well, uh, unless it's not helpful, right? Uh, One time the girls were cooking and uh, the fire department showed up not long afterwards. All right, because uh, they had left something in the, the broiler and it was uh, created a lot of smoke that they didn't know about, and that freaked them out. Um, but in addition, uh, alarms are designed by their very nature to be loud and irritating, to be frightening, to scare us and startle us out of our routine so that we pay attention to something that the alarm has detected. And that is good, right? The problem with ours is it was malfunctioning. Right? And you want your alarm not to be malfunctioning. And it wasn't malfunctioning in the indiscernible or undetectable way, which is that you just, it never goes off. It wasn't that. Ours happened to have a penchant for going off at two in the morning. Right? And not just going off like the beep, 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 someone opened a door or something like that, but going off in the sense that someone was tampering with it, it thought. And so it would trigger all the alarms, right? Inside, there'd be like, like this massive ringing. And mounted on the outside of a garage is a big external like bell, you know, that goes. And so the whole neighborhood, the whole neighborhood would hear when our alarm would go off, right? So two in the morning. You'd wake up out of your slumber, you know, dreams of sugar plums dancing in your head, and suddenly you'd hear this massive noise and not be sure what was happening. Was it real or not real? Was it a false alarm or a true alarm? 
Needless to say, this was unpleasant and a condition that we eventually did get corrected. Um, but the reality is, if you need an alarm, if indeed there's a true warning of danger, it's an essential thing for it to be loud, for it to be irritating, and for it to ring out through the neighborhood. Our alarm was doing what it was supposed to be, it just was functioning at the wrong time. And we need the alarm. We need it to be loud. We need it to disturb us and take us out of our slumber. We need it to bring us to a place where we pay attention to what's happening around us. And from Joel, in our Old Testament passage for day, today, we have an, a warning to the people of Israel, and it is not a false alarm. Here is how he begins this passage. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Joel is calling for everyone to be notified that something dangerous is happening. People need to wake up. They need to come alive. They need to be alert and pay attention because something is happening. All hands on deck because there is something dangerous approaching. But this thing, this dangerous thing approaching is not what they would expect. Right? Normally when you have an alarm like this, it's because an invading army is coming, has been spotted, and you all need to be awake because we need to defend ourselves, right? That would be an alarm like this. Or there was a massive fire in the city and everyone needed to be awake so that they could escape. But here, this alarm is not for those expected purposes. This alarm is being sounded because God was coming. Now for generations, the Israelites had been looking forward to this day, right? They called it the day of the Lord. And it was a day when God would come and he would set things right. And the way that was commonly understood is that he would come and he would deliver Israel from their enemies, from their oppressors. He would come and protect them, right? Kind of like the younger brother looking forward to the return of mom and dad because they would set things right and stop that bigger brother from picking on them, right? This is how, this is how the Israelites saw it. God was going to come. They were God's favorite. And God would come and take care of all the bullies and they would be fine. And they had looked forward to this. They had, in fact, prayed for it. Like, come, come, God, and set things right. Come and deliver us. Come and be here for us. We know you're on our team. But the image here is distorted for Israel because Joel is warning them that when God comes back, it's not going to all be coming up roses for them. He's not going to be coming back and saying, oh, sweet Israel, I'll take care of you. I'll get rid of those mean Assyrians. No, indeed, the alarm needs to be sounded. According to Joel, because God is coming back to judge them too. And so he says, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from of old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. No person will be safe from the day of the Lord, regardless of what nation they belong to. 
God is coming in judgment and the people should tremble. Yet even now, we're told by Joel, there is a way to be prepared, a way to be prepared for the return of God. And so he says, return to me with all your heart. Return to the Lord with all your heart. With fasting, with weeping and with mourning, rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. So according to Joel, the only way to be prepared for this coming assault is to turn to God, to turn and face him, and to fast, to weep, to mourn, and to rend your hearts and not your clothing. Now that last one's an interesting expression, isn't it? And what do you think it means to rend your heart and not your clothing? Yeah? What, anybody else? Get out all the impurities? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. Because it means, it means like to repent truly, to seek life transformation, to, to be sorrowful for the things we've done. Because you can fast and you can weep and you can mourn without really being serious about it. And you can rip your clothes and you can roll around in ashes and you can put on sackcloth. And it can all be a show. Is that true? Yeah, we see actors do it all the time. They get paid to do that, right? Pretend to be really sad. Pretend to be really repentant. Right? It's, it's certainly possible for us. And we in our lives can do this as well. But what God wants to see is that inner change, not just the outward signs of change, but the inner change to truly and inwardly repent and grieve over what we have done. We do this. We do this repentance and we seek after God because God is gracious and merciful. He wants to forgive us. And Joel wanted the people to know that they could trust in God. They could trust that if they would repent, God would have mercy. And then we come to the last section of this passage, where Joel makes clear to us who needs to do this repenting and who needs to come to come and be a part of this fast. And his answer is, everyone. And so he says, blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a, whole, a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast, let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. No one had an out on this. No one could say, I'm too tired. No one could say, I have other plans. Even those who were getting married were to stop and to come and to fall down before God and take part in this repentance. 
Even infants who were nursing were to come and to return to the Lord. None were excluded, and the priests were to intercede for them in the temple. We're here today to worship the Lord our God, to repent and to return to him, to confess the many ways we have fallen short of his call on our lives, and to seek to pursue him in new and fresh and profound ways. The alarm is sounding. Do you hear it? Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for sending your messenger, Joel, to share this message of repentance, this message of of challenge to the people. Lord, you don't want us to just go on with life as usual. You don't want us to keep on just doing things the same way we always have. Lord, you call us to transformation and to change to continually pursuing you, to not having our own personal sins that we just keep committing through our whole life, but rather to turning those over to you and to turning away from them and to seeking to become a new person. Lord God, make us a new creation. Transform us. May this Ash Wednesday be a clear marker in our life of change and change in who we are. May we look more like you as we walk through this day. And Lord, help us to rend our hearts and not our garments. May the ashes we take upon our head, Lord, not just be a sign on the outside, but be a sign of what is happening inside of us. As that broken person in us is dying and as the new creation is coming to life. Lord God, redeem us and set us free and transform us with your grace and mercy and love. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.